Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to a very festive episode of the uh, Gill Boys, the podcast you're currently listening to. And, uh, I'm St. Jordan, joined by my uh, friend and brother in Christ, St. Liam. Hello, I'm co-host today, Krampus, a.k.a. Liam. You know, that's how it works over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I don't really know if like, Canadians have their own like weird Christmas traditions or whatever. Not really. Um, we, yeah. we, we were pretty... It's pretty, you know, it's pretty basic. I don't know what it's like in Britain. That's why I love Krampus in fucking Austria. If you're out in the street past midnight, men in goat suits will just whip you. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. We're doing a, a little quick news topic because this was uh, this is actually breaking news. A friend of the show, Donald Trump, has been uh, cock-blocked by uh, the Colorado state legislator. God damn it. Where it's like, does this mean he's like he can still run or not, or if he's like, if he does run for president, would he just not, like, be on the ballot there? How the fuck does any of this work? So much of Donald Trump is, this has never happened before in American history, oh, yeah. and we yeah. don't know what, can he run for prison, can he, like, so many questions, like, a guy who's got this much shit on his plate, is, he's gonna be the nominee, that's the thing. No one's watched any of those debates, because... None of these people are going to be president. This is all just a fucking... Either they want a cabinet position or they're all secretly hoping he does go to prison or dies before the election. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty much just half the GOP at this point. I was half expecting the space uh, to basically just be a Trump coronation. It's like, why are we hosting? Like, why are we doing five of these when everyone knows that fucking it's going to be Trump again? I think I think there's such a hope that they don't want to have Donald Trump anymore at this point. I feel like a, a good chunk of them are just tired. Of him. Yeah. Like, I remember Rupert Murdoch, before he left Fox, was like, I hope he dies. He's like, quite, I hope, I hope <laughs> this fucking dude just dies already. Because <laughs> I think they, they, it's just sour grapes at this point. And he's openly talking, I'll be a dictator if I'm president. Which is, yeah. one of the, that's one of those things that's not a good selling point if you're a normal person. If, if you're already on the Trump train, you don't give a shit. But if you're a normal person who goes outside and touches grass, that's like... Oh boy, this is not good. That's why, and yeah. the problem is Biden is such a fucking, the Israel shit has cost him so much ground along a lot of supporters. Yeah, it rules how uh, it's mostly Biden's foreign policy that um, that's fucked him up because um he was doing pretty well into Afghanistan and he's taken like a permanent fucking approval rating hit. Oh, yeah, and, no. uh and then fucking Ezreal comes along and it's like, yeah, you've, you've, you're done, son. There you're going to be a one-term loser. So many fucking Palestinian supporters like, I will never vote for this man again. And that's going to eat. That's going to cost him. Uh, but yeah, Trump's off the ballot in Colorado. And it was so funny. I saw Texas like, we'll take Biden off the ballot. I'm like, this, that's hilarious to me because this is basically what an American civil war entails. Just states yelling at each other. For petty shit like this. It'll be funny we're gonna get the Shay Alex Garland Civil War movie uh, to coincide with the actual Civil War. That's gonna be uh, uh, that's, that's gonna be good stuff. Oh uh, the goddamn I'm actually kinda of looking forward to that because in the trailer it was like Texas has joined California. That's how you know it's written by yeah. a British man right there. It's basically just like a liberal fucking invasion USA. Like oh what if uh, 
like Texas tried to take over the United States. It's like, okay, Nick sure. Nick Offerman is president. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah it's, but... that's liberal, but I love that shit. But yes, this is our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. And if you're not celebrating any of them, have a good winter day. I wanted to do something festive. We're doing Die Hard 2. About as festive as this podcast can be. Because it is... Uh, re- I revisited it fairly recently. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it's uh, it's a meal, this fucking movie. This this movie kind of rocks. I'm not going to lie. Die Hard 2 is a very underrated movie. Like, everyone loves uh, the first one and the third one. But the, uh, the second one always flies under the radar. Mostly because it's... Uh, it's a Rene Harlan movie, and he's yeah. always been like, um, like king of schlock. He's a very hit or miss, but when he hits, he's pretty yeah. good. And it's so funny. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about this when I was prepping this. The Die Hard is a Christmas movie debate. That used to be a debate for years. I remember people would bring that up, and now it's kind of universally regarded as a Christmas movie. And I've always felt that debate comes from the fact that, let's face it, most Christmas movies kind of suck. Yeah, I was at my uh, local cinema watching uh, Godzilla yesterday and fucking Die Hard is advertised as a Christmas movie. It was it? It's Die Hard, um, the two Home Alone movies, and some like other schlock. And it's just like, yeah, Die Hard is by far the best thing on here. I was thinking about this as well when we, like, because, you know, Christmas movies are like horror movies in a way in the way that they're put together. Cause I've, I've always been fascinated with the lock Christmas movie factory because they're exactly like horror films, the way they're put together They're You can, they're written fairly easily. You don't need to spend much money to make them. You don't need big names for every great Christmas movie. Like, um, it's a wonderful life or the preacher's wife. Go on any streaming service, go on Tubi yeah. right now and just look at how much fucking shovelware Christmas shit there is. It's, yeah. it's insane. What's that fucking uh, meme? I think it's like an old Twitter meme of like two white people and uh, they're wearing like red and green and shit. And you just see like a hundred identical movies. Yeah. uh... And my favorite part is most of them are directed by like horror directors from like, like like Fred Olin Ray does a bunch of them. David Dakota, who did several of the Puppet Master movies. Because it's the exact same fucking system of operation. It's shot over the course like a week in like the Hollywood Hills somewhere for nothing with no name actors. It's it, there's no different to me the way these films are put together. It's also just a content factor at this point. What is uh, say whatever you want about Die Hard Two? It earns its place up in the uh, the pantheon of great uh, action movies. Well, it's also it's funny. This is as much of a Christmas movie as the original is, and I'm kind of shocked it doesn't have the reverence i really think it's just john mctiernan wasn't involved because john mctiernan is seen as the like he had probably the best three run a director ever had well one of them anyway he did predator he did die hard and then he did hunt for red october back to fucking back which is amazing and then he does medicine man and then everything falls the fuck apart I rewatched uh, Roller Ball recently, oh. and um, yeah, that's such a fucking weird movie as well. But um, yeah, that's a movie for another time. Oh, We're just talking man. about uh, that, that... Die Hard Two today. Yeah, but <laughs> it's so funny because uh, yeah, Die Hard Two. It's uh, to go back to Rennie Harlan though, who directed this. Rennie Harlan is a fascinating like casualty of the Hollywood Yeah, he's system. another fucking uh, parlor guy as well. What was it Nightmare on Elm Street Four or yeah, something? He did, yeah, no, that was another thing. A lot of 
the great old guards of action cinema cut their teeth in horror. McTiernan did as well. He directed Nomads, the weird Pierce Brosnan ghost movie with bikers. A lot of the guys who did canon movies did slasher films as well. Um, and I think even Richard Donner did some. Andrew Davis did work at Full Moon before he directed um, Steven Seagal movies. There's such a weird... Nice. It's such a weird pipeline. But it makes sense because horror directors tend to be pretty economical and pretty, you know professional they'll go and do their job and that sometimes that translate and it's even a thing now james wan fucking did saw and now he's doing aquaman for fuck's sake like, i can't wait for the uh, the third ending to the uh, snyder burst coming out next week it's gonna be great i can't wait for that movie to lose so much money for warner brothers <laughs> that movie's coming out and no one cares no, no. one fucking care i've not seen a single person any fucking hype online it's everyone would rather go see godzilla which by the way godzilla will be when we do our last episode of the year which will be our top five each um yeah we're gonna be talking a lot about godzilla minus one because it spoiler alert it fucking rocks yeah going back to die hard too yeah ray harlan is uh, such a fascinating casualty of the hollywood system we talked about he's brought a nightmare on elm street but we also have Deep like, Blue another classic. Oh yeah, that, that was like his last Hollywood film because he actually had a pretty good run for a while. He did Cliffhanger. He did Oh Cliffhanger, fucking great. Oh, that's that's got one of my favorite uh, Jordan Lefkow performances on it. Kill a few people, they call you a murderer. Kill a million, and you're a conqueror. Go figure. He did uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, and then he did Cutthroat Island, which pretty much mm. derailed. His career and his marriage to Gina Davis as well. Damn, is, that's rough. That's a rough one yeah. to punch. For uh, for people who aren't uh, poisoned by movie mindset, Cutthroat Island was like the OG bomb movie. That movie cost like over a hundred million, and it made like yeah. ten at the box office. Yeah, it damn. Was, it was like, back back then. Now, hundred million is fucking quaint for a movie like that. Yeah, that's it's, pocket change. It's, that's fucking amazing how, like, it was a cautionary tale for decades and no one learned from it. Maybe don't overspend on a movie, you know? Yeah, at least that actually feels like a real movie, whereas the movies that bomb now would just feel yeah. like, yeah. It's so oh, funny, God. like, digital versus film. That's a, We'll get into that debate another time. But, like, after that, he, like, wallowed and he did The Exorcist 4, the, the version that the studio... Oh, made. yeah. He did that version... <laughs> The action yeah, movie this, version of Exorcist 4. I still haven't seen the uh, apparently slightly better post-Shader movie, but I have seen his uh, his Exorcist prequel, and it is, it's fucking weird, it's, man. It's like an action movie, and then he does like work in DTV, and then he goes to China. This was that period when Chinese movie market was taking off, and like oh, a yeah. bunch of guys went over there. I know uh, Simon West did a movie there. And then uh, COVID happened, so then he left China, and now he's like back doing fucking DTV shit now. Yeah, doesn't he have a like new film coming out? That's supposed to be like. He's got two new movies. He's got uh, he's got the Strangers. He's doing a remake of the Strangers. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's got a movie called The Bricklayer with Aaron Eckhart, which looks Uh, like absolute DTV bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw the trailer for that a few days ago, and it's like, damn, this is fucking. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, Die Hard Two was like his big breakout in hollywood and the movie itself is um it's it's pretty much like what most sequels are it's basically let's just do die hard again but in a different location and with a shitload more shit blowing up because it's uh this time it's set at an airport instead of an office building john mcclain is like to me like the ultimate blue collar movie hero because he is just a guy 
Like that was always the thing that made that first film so interesting was this is the era of like Schwarzenegger and you know yeah these alone. like big muscle bound fucking superheroes i watched commando as well recently he kills like a million people in that fucking movie and takes like zero scratches it's the, it's insane the thing was though bruce willis gen z would know him for like, action movies but like during during his early career before die hard he was known for like <clears throat> sitcoms and comedies oh, yeah. and so, like he was not seen as an action guy that's why that movie was so beloved for a long time is because he was seen as like, he was like what Bob Odenkirk was when he did Nobody. Like just this schlubby guy you'd never imagine him beating the fuck out of people and then he does it. You're like, wow, this guy's actually a badass. It's interesting looking back at his like overall action career. With the exception of Die Hard, he's, he's not like a Stallone or Schwarzenegger who have these like big iconic action uh, careers. Willis has like the Die Hard movies. I don't like think of anything else to be honest. Well, he like, did, like he, he was a character actor. He did like 12 Monkeys, Pulp Fiction. Hudson Hawk. Hudson, oh, I actually like Hudson <laughs> Hawk. It's dumb. Yeah, it's, I actually uh, like that's that. another... Uh, it's an OG yeah, it's, movie, but I, I kind of like yeah. it. Richard E. Grant is just... Oh hell yeah! But he, he hates, by the way, don't bring that up because he fucking hates this movie. I read his <laughs> biography. I read his biography with nails, and he fucking like he has a whole chapter about how much he hated working on this movie. I'll torture you so slowly, you'll think it's a career. I'll kill your friends, your family, and the bitch you took to the prom. Fatty Joe Byarski, I can get you an address on that if you want. Wallace has a, a history of. Uh of fucking with um, behind the scenes people. Kevin Smith also has like a mountain of like videos out there where he's just like shit talking him for all the experiences on a cop out. Tracy Morgan, I, I would lay down in traffic for the rest of my life with Tracy Morgan. Because yeah. were it not for Tracy, I might have killed either myself or someone else in the making of fucking. So you were disappointed, out. beyond disappointed. It was, it was. Uh, I, look, I because went you, in there. that's why you went into the movie. It was one of the main reasons. Yeah, I mean, look, while I was there, I was able to accomplish everything else I needed to accomplish, and as much as learn about marketing, understand how to work on a team with others and shit. And, and you know what? Honestly, you, you were given the gift of not having to tell your dad that Bruce Willis was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, there's that. But let me tell you, yeah. I'm sure he knew. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knew from the fucking jump. Uh, I wish he just could have communicate, communicated to me from the afterlife. Uh -huh. That's yeah, very well, That was also the period when his his mental health wasn't doing well. Yeah. It, like yeah. around 2010, you, you notice something's going wrong. And then he does all these VOD movies for like these absolute garbage nothing movies. Yeah, Dead Wire Media did a like, very extensive uh, deep dive into those. I have actually watched a couple of them, uh, and they are just like, wow, it's mind boggling. Then you find out why, because yeah. he was probably just cashing in as fast as he could, but we found out why. It's, it's fucking yeah. sad. It's really sad, actually. Like, he can't even talk anymore. He's like Val Kilmer now. I wish he's back with uh, Demi Moore. That's, uh, yeah. that's something. I've heard that Tarantino yeah. wants to cast him in like one more movie just to give him one last go around. It's like, yeah, right. I, I, I think we should because I don't want his last movie to be some like, Dominic Percival led DTV movie. No, thank you. It yeah, can't be the way we end this, damn it. They could very easily just pull out like Val Kilmer from Top Gun to just like, yeah, give him a. You have an AI voice or whatever. Just, yeah. Yeah. It. yeah, but yeah, Die Hard, going back to Die Hard too, because um, I, I, the reason we wanted to do this film is the weird Emmanuel Noriega connection. To oh, the, the plot to this is fucking weird. It's, it's basically what if Oliver North tried to break out fucking Manuel Noriega out of prison. <laughs> it kind of gets lost in the shovel because a lot of action. 
William Sadler is playing like a disgraced colonel. And I love his intro in this movie where he's in the hotel room doing naked Tai Chi. Which is like one of the most bizarre... Like, cause it's, and the way it's shot too, it's all like lit in like this orange haze. It looks like a fucking music video. Yeah, it does look like a like a horror movie. Like the fucking news is going on in the background of how fucking uh, General Lysimo Franco Nero just got bossed for fucking the Iran Contras. That's the thing I love too, is the fucking Emmanuel Noriega clone is played by Franco fucking Nero. <laughs> and which is, Franco Nero is so weird because he's been in like 300 movies and he sometimes will show up occasionally in an American film. It's rare, but it does happen. Like, I remember when he showed up in Django. I fucking love yeah. that scene. Can you spell it? D-J-A-N-G-O. The D is silent. I know. <laughs> I love that scene so much where it's just basically him talking to himself in the form of Jamie Foxx. I know Django just recently got a, a new Blu-ray with um, Quentin Tarantino introduction. I'll probably pick that up at some point. Django's, but... Django's a fun movie. It's actually... Oh yeah, it's great. There's like 30 of them as well. It's part oh, of like all... the spaghetti western fucking, yeah. yeah. There were so many. Like That's the thing about old Italian cinema. There was just no rules. Like fu That's why like most shitty horror movies were like the Evil Dead 4 or like Texas Chainsaw 5. They would just give them like the weirdest titles and just lie to people. Yeah, I was talking to um, a couple of friends of mine in a bar the other day and like it's weird how Scream is like their only real franchise not to have to do that. The, the titling's so fucked up because it's like Scream 5 is just called Scream. Yeah. And now Scream 6 is just called Scream 6. And now Scream 7 may not happen due to some shit, which I kind of hope. Yeah, because of the... I, I, yeah, it's, that, that's a fun story. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's a fun fucking story. It's all set on Christmas Eve, and Oliver North is breaking out Emmanuel Noriega, and the, the cast of this is completely nuts, too. So you got William Sather, Frank O'Neill, John Amos plays the evil major who turns out to be a bad guy, and slashes that dude's throat unceremoniously in the back of the truck. I keep forgetting how incredibly violent this is. Like, John Amos, the fucking dad from uh, coming to America, gets punted into a fucking, like, airline jet. They're, the body count in this movie is absurd. Like, it's easily 100 people. Um, the scene that really shocked me, uh, and because of the fact it's, it's extremely violent and just doesn't get brought up again, uh, where O'Brien from Star Trek... Uh, is, is on this yeah. place. How serious do you think we are? And then they like fuck up this landing strip. And I love that scene where fucking Bruce Willis is out there just waving torches. It's this absolutely like it's a harrowing scene, but that shot I find so fucking funny. Bruce Willis waving giant torches, and then the plane crashes. Everyone dies. Like we're 150 people on this plane. They're all fucking dead. Women, children. And the film just kind of glosses over it. Like, there's a bit of a, oh, God. And then, like, five minutes later, we just move on to Bruce Willis cracking one-liners yeah. and shooting people. That's, like, half the plot as well. Like, William Sadler is, um, like, ex-CIA guy who's ousted after Iran-Contra. Yeah, some, like, weird technology to fuck it in with airplane, um, like, radar guidance. And then he kills, like, 150 British people. And then, like, immediately after that, we just pivot to, yeah, um... Franco Nero, he's uh, we got to boss him out. That, just, that... just completely glossing over the fact that Chief O'Brien just fucking went off in flames. Uh, this is 1990, so America's still kind of riding high off the Cold War. So I think it was like, yeah, fuck those British people. Because they were like, 
it's so funny because this movie, despite I, I have a theory that. 80s action didn't die until 1992. That's when the LA riots happened. Because, yeah. Uh, that was like the period where Tinseltown is on fire because um, overzealous cops beat a man half to death. That that kind of kills the excitement of like, let's shoot everything and blow everything up. You know, that's why the yeah. 90s got really kind of self-serious. Like 90s action is very different from 80s action, particularly yeah. in that fantastic gunfight where... They're in that part of the airport that's like a, a walled off, and Bruce Willis is doing some fucking like John Woo shit with his pistol. He's rolling around, sparks are going everywhere. Because when I watched it, I realized this is this is the time when like Hong Kong movies are just starting to get released over in America, not in big numbers, but like the killer was available. John Woo's the killer was available for people who knew where to get it. Rennie Harlan definitely watched some Hong Kong movies when he was prepping for this. Like, let's just do that shit. Yeah, should between uh. The first one is a lot of like Bruce Willis hiding under tables and shit. Whereas here he's like, he is just doing John Woo shit, like flying through the air with few handguns, shooting these fucking like highly trained CIA guys. Um, and he's uh, using it with a pistol, which I love. And it's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just this, yeah, because the first film is grounded in how it handles action. Because again, it's a lot of it's like close quarters, machine guns, and like fist fighting. Whereas this is just he just picks up a machine gun and just starts blowing shit up. It's but it, it does work because I think they, they still wrote, they still keep the humanity of the character. Still a wisecracking asshole. Like my favorite line in this entire movie is when he goes down the elevator shaft. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. Look at the same shit happen to the same guy twice. It's very funny how he doubles cock first into this. Like a piece of his like log, uh, luggage gets lost. And he just walks in and fucking Robert Patrick setting up bombs in an airport. I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but also, I love uh, Dennis Friends, the captain, who just will yeah, not believe him. captain, yeah. He just will not fucking believe him for any fucking reason. <laughs> and there's no reason for this character to be as much of a dick as he is. Which is, because that's another great line in this. Carmine, let me ask you something. What sets off the metal detectors first? The lead in your ass or the shit in your brains? Which is, which is great. Like, uh, some uh, good dialogue good in this because uh, Stephen uh, DeSalles is back uh, writing this, who is like kind of the go-to action screenwriter. He wrote Commando. He wrote Ricochet, which is one of my favorite of those. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, it's the uh, Tom Selleck um, fucking... Uh... No, no, it's the it's the one with uh, Denzel. Oh, yeah, the one with uh, yeah, and John Lafgau. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Jesse Ventura have a gladiator battle in a prison yard. The last time I held a gun in this hand, a young man took off all his clothes for me. I remember that now. I keep getting that confused of like, there's like another like action movie with a vaguely similar title. It's like Tom Selleck. He's a he's like a cyber cop and fucking the oh. Kiss guys like run away. Killing people. Yeah, run away. Yeah. I Written and directed by Michael Crichton, by the way. <laughs> uh, Most people dark. remember him for the Jurassic Park, but oh, he, had, yeah. he had quite a career before and after that. Definitely yeah. a fascinating writer and a filmmaker. After Die Hard 2, his career kind of falls apart because then he writes Beverly Hills Cop 3 and The Flintstones. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 3 is like a, a weird uh, movie we keep going back to on here. It's like an odd example of like what not to do for a movie. Uh, he also wrote and directed Street Fighter, so that was pretty... That was, ah, yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's over there. Doug Richardson's also the script writer on this. He wrote Bad Boys, and he wrote Money Train, which, yeah, have you ever heard of Money Train? Uh, 
I've heard of that. It's, uh, it's one of Robert Blake's last movies, and um, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes play brothers. It's a terrible fucking movie. Yeah. But I find it hilarious that it's like Robert Blake's, like, one of his last movies before he shoots and kills his wife. Joe Man shot the kid to shit. I mean, over a rope chain. Yeah, they shot him to shit. That's what they did. And you can't buy publicity like that. That boy didn't die in vain. As far as I'm concerned, he's a goddamn hero. Thanks to his sacrifice, the word went forth today. You fuck with my train, and I'll kill you. Is this like a sequel to White Man Can't Jump or it's, something? Okay, it's White Men Can't Jump, but they're cops instead of uh, streaming. Right. It's terrible. Don't watch it. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, this is just... I just love how also just completely bonkers the ending of this movie. As we talked about John Amos... Um, going into a jet engine and then, yeah, and, then, and then fucking William Saddle just kicks his ass just fucking gets him off the plane and yeah. then fucking fire goes up and everyone burns to death yeah, <laughs> blow this, up a 747 jet this isn't like the first one where he's like face to face with fucking Alan Rickman Bruce Willis actually ends this movie with throwing a lighter at a plane and blowing up it's uh, very far also the fact his wife is just on the plane the oh yeah there's movie. the fucking like wife stuff in the series is so fucking weird and the first two um fucking john McQueen has to be like right gotta, gotta save my wife from this horrible situation and then the fourth one they're divorced off screen yeah and it's just him and samuel jackson running around new yeah. york with jeremy iron i actually like the third <laughs> one quite a bit it's a fun oh, movie yeah. uh it's not as christmasy it does have a very infamous scene where um, if you've seen the TV edit, he had the sandwich board that says, yeah. everyone." but if you've actually seen the actual film, um, it's a little more crass than that, what was written on there. I would like to do a Die Hard 3 at some point, because the politics of that is also weird. Like, the politics X, of uh, all these movies is fucked up. Like, the, yeah, like, yeah. The, like the, how the, the fact Alan Rickman's entire premise in that first film is basically, we're pretending to be terrorists so we can rob a bank. So that's what this is all about? Fucking robbery? Why'd you have to nuke the whole building, Hans? Well, when you steal $600, you can't just disappear. When you steal $600 million, they will find you, unless they think you're already dead. Put down the gun. Well, I mean, also this one, but this one's like, the politics here are way more clear-cut. Like, And it's so funny, this, co this comes out right after Reagan leaves office. It's almost like... Yeah, he's uh, he pretends to have Alzheimer's to get away with fucking uh, getting indicted for treason. All that Iran-Contra shit that the movie brings up. It didn't really become public until, yeah, Ollie North went to prison for all that shit, and he was the fall guy for it. And it's very funny how, like, right after um, Reagan, we get... Uh, Reagan's vice president, uh, George H.W. Bush, for four years. Yeah, ex-CIA guy turned vice president, turned president, and his fucking fingerprints are, are like, all over fucking Iran Contra as well. I, I, uh, love, like. I love the weird uh, theory I've seen where every presidency, you can tell which era movies were made due to, like, who was in office. So with Reagan, you had the manly... Stallone, Schwarzenegger, manly America goes in and kills everyone he sees, and then that weird period with like George Bush's president, with like George H. Bush, with like CIA guys and ex uh, army guys being fucked over and come back for revenge. Clinton's run was all about like the White House is evil. Was there yeah. a lot of that, like deep state shit if you've ever seen like absolute power and shit like that, where it's uh, the deep state becomes a big thing, and then Bush's just becomes raw, raw America, fuck you after 9 11. And then you have Obama and this like series of video like saccharine fucking liberal movies and shit. I was actually thinking about this recently of like movies under Trump and how just not good they were no. because fucking no. Nah. A 
lot of people went crazy during Trump. Yeah. It's, it's why like Paddington two was seen as like this this beautiful film because it was like right after Trump got elected that movie came out. There's this cringe piece that I love where someone put puts down the term nice core. Because it's like, we need to be kind during the age of Trump. Like, fuck off. Like, Trump-era blockbusters were all just cape shit and all just real try-hard fucking, like, Wonder Woman and shit like that, so... It is funny seeing, like, liberal attempts at action movies. No, that, that's the problem with liberals. Um, no offense, Republicans are the only ones who can do action movies, right? Yeah. That's what, Why do you think canon films are so beloved? Because they were right-wing nutbags from Israel who had too much money and too many guns, and they made some glorious shit, man. It's awesome. No, no liberal could ever make something as wild as Death Wish 3. No way nah. in hell could that ever happen. The closest I think we will like ever get to it is Die Hard 2. The fucking like, bad guys are like XIA and a fucking... like. Some like American fucking propped up dictator and shit. That's what's so funny about um the news uh, article from the start of this. It's like, oh, um, we we gave this guy a bunch of uh, money to kill communists, and now he's fucking he's selling drugs. Or, yeah, uh, surprise! Maybe, maybe, by the way, I just realized you said yeah, Robert Patrick's in this too. I just realized. Yeah. The fu- he had a wild run, man. This is like like right before Terminator Two, where he becomes a big star for like. A, a, a day and then just does uh like season seven of the x-files or something yeah it's uh yeah that's because that was when david de company left and they had to find a new lead and uh yeah not a not not everyone's best call i'd say uh i do like him in the show um but yeah it's, it's essentially she, like um he doesn't have the season se- chemistry that the you know, the company and jillian had they just uh, the, 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 i've been re-watching exos recently and those two are like the perfect fucking double team and the fucking charisma of them yeah. is just you, you you can fucking see it on screen it's it's ecstatic my favorite x-files episodes just to go on a tangent are the ones that have nothing to do with aliens it's just standard oh, hell yeah, cop yeah. procedural like they're going after serial killers and shit Tom Noonan, he's uh, yeah. he's like the one who fucking kidnapped Dukovny's uh, kid's sister or something. Yeah. That's like season four or something. Yeah, it's a that's great episode. Ones. Those, the, yeah. the, the, that's that's one of the best ones too because the stakes of that episode is so far fucking personal. God, that episode fucking rules. What happened, Chris Carter? Why did you have to get so deep into this fucking alien shit? It's very funny how um, the final ep- like season of the um, of the XO three but takes place during the Trump years. So you're just seeing like photos of him hanging up in the fucking uh, like FBI corridors and shit. It's very far. That's always funny too. No one, you never saw a movie where like Trump's voice was ever like the, <laughs> the one that like because you think about like how many like some movies will use like stock footage of presidents. No one ever did that with Trump. I think the one movie no. I saw them do that was like Mile Twenty Two, which was made by Mark Wahlberg, which says quite a bit. I'd say <laughs> that's saying something. Yeah. I know Sicario Two kind of alludes to him a bit, but they just say the president, and it's made in 2018. So I'm like, well, obviously yeah. it's yeah. Trump we're talking about here. Of course, Trump is uh, gonna sign off and sending fucking desk balls into Mexico. Of course he is. Yeah, <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Um, this is our. This Die Hard 2, I would say, pretty much unanimously gets the Gale Boys stamp of approval. Oh yeah, it's great. It's um, yeah, the uh, the Die Hard films are weird because they are like very like peaks and valleys. The first three is great. The fourth one is um, it's not bad, and then you get like the fifth one, which is just like borderline unwatchable. Yeah, the fourth the fourth one's okay if you watch the director's cut because that's the one with oh, yeah. the R rating in it and it's not edited to shit, and it's actually kind of fun because it's just a. You know, it's just a big dumb action movie. It's it's 
But then, yeah, five is just one of the most unwatchable pieces of garbage I've ever. Like, it was that weird period where, like, America liked Russia for a while. Yeah. So it's got all this, like, pro Russia shit in it, and it's really in bad taste. And the guy who directed it's also a complete fucking loser, uh, John Moore. He did the Max Payne movie, Behind uh, Enemy Line. He, the Omen remake. He's a real, real shit director. Yeah, the fucking um, yeah, Max Payne, another uh, Marky Mark classic that nobody likes to to talk about. God damn. Uh, boy. So uh, yeah, join us next time for our uh, like grand finale of uh, twenty twenty three. We'll be doing um, like five uh, favorite movies like last time. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll definitely. I still have a few more films to see, but it's a uh, this was not a great year. I'll just say that to tease it. I'm kind of struggling to come up with my list right now. Yeah, that's the the few stuff that's been like good has been really good, but yeah, it's been um been bad. It's we been had real fucking bad. Such a year. banger last year. We had like oh yeah, the Northman. We had Avatar, and what do we have this year? Like other than a handful of movies, I had to like I had to really fucking dig for shit. So it's that it's not yeah. been great. Um yeah, so uh, join us next time for that. It's a great award. I look at it every day, and it reminds me of what used to be. How much fun it used to be. Yeah, I mean, those were the good old days. Those the light, the 80s. late. 80s, man, you could get away with anything. Yeah. Women were much cleaner. Much cleaner then. How Patent was. leather shoes and women's toenails clicking on the pavement as you go by anthropology and you're going to buy some candles and it's just all of a sudden you're going, I can't get the candles today, Brendana. Bruce. What's wrong? I mean... You'll see. It's all parties. Getting blown up and down Hollywood Boulevard, my friend. And then the phone stops ringing, okay? And you're going to get to that fucking point, and you're going to go, now I get it. Now I understand. And then you're sitting in a room, and it's just you and all your cousins.